Are you familiar with the term bennies? Now, it's slang for the drug benzedrine and amphetamine, but it's also slang for benefits, as in bennies, which emerged out of union negotiations, maybe not used quite so much in these days, but decades ago, and it was common lingo to mean benefits that went along with your work pay, such as the pay is okay, the bennies are amazing. And you might think of things like medical life and disability insurance and tuition reimbursement and corporate discounts and paid vacation and retirement matching 401k, paid sick leave, performance bonuses, stock options, profit sharing, paid parental leave, wellness programs, the list goes on. Bereavement, time off, casual dress every day, isn't that a Benny? And now it's work from home on Friday or don't go into work at all, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, work from home all the time, we could call these benefits. I want us to see in the passage this morning this term that's used in uh, Psalm 103. It's credited as a Psalm of David. What are the bennies, so to speak, of following God through Jesus Christ? And this Psalm lays that out for us. Psalm 103, verses uh, 2 through 5. Let's go ahead and look at verse 2. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his bennies, benefits. I know that life is not easy for some of you. I know that it's painfully difficult for some in this congregation, some that would like to be with us right now, but are unable I want you to know that it is, at the end of the day, not really your circumstances or even your problems, as many as they might be, or the challenges that you feel before you in 2024, none of that is the biggest issue. The biggest problem is the forgetfulness of what you've already been given. And I want to focus on these verses this morning with a very practical point. Because the benefits Benny's outlined in this passage in Psalm 103 are indicators of God's goodness. And we as believers, post-resurrection, people in the age of the Spirit, can take the benefits that are outlined by David in this psalm and update them in high definition because we have the high def Jesus and the Holy Spirit version that David did not have as these were written, even in the psalms. Here's the first one. It says, forgives. 
The one who forgives all your sins, Psalm 103, 2. He forgives all your sins. I do, do, you do remember that benefit. I'm so glad we have opportunity to take the Lord's Supper on a weekly basis, to remember that we've been forgiven, that we came out of the water cleansed, that the guilt is gone, and that we were lighter, and that we were, free th we were freer, and we were able to breathe better, do not forget, because he forgives all. I think we know we're not a perfect church. We're not perfect people. I would say, for the most part, we're good people, but I don't know, are we great people? If I stacked up all the people in this church as this random, this with a random bunch of people in our community, would there be all that much difference? That's not the benefit. We are the people who know we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. He forgives willingly and freely and completely and through his once for all death on a cross as our sacrifice, church, forget not his benefits. Here's a thought experiment. There are actually six benefits outlined in these couple of verses. And then the whole psalm lists a whole lot more in a little bit different way. But these first six are easy to grasp and to personalize. But here's the thought experiment. Wouldn't it be enough if this one benefit was all that we ever received. And yet they keep coming. The second one says that he heals all your diseases. He heals spiritually. He heals physically. He heals emotionally and relationally. God is a healer. You know, in that, I was thinking about last fall in that after my serious golfing incident. And uh, I was up here on crutches one Sunday. And little by little, it's about 90s, people have been asking me, you going to be ready? You going to be ready for golf season? That's a big question. And I think I'm going to be ready when it rolls around in March. Little by little, I'm being healed. And it's been methodical. It's been biological. But I want to tell you who the source of all of that is. It is the cosmic creator, God, who continues to roll out his healing in the world. He is the great healer, and he heals in lots of ways. He opens our eyes. He heals our hearts. He sometimes miraculously intervenes, but he wakes the dead, and someday all will be healed. That's his promise. Well, the text goes on. He redeems. Who redeems your life from the pit. He does pit removal work. Do you remember your life in the pit? Do you remember what it smelled like? Do you remember what being stuck in the mud? Do you remember feeling no way out? Do you remember the loneliness? Do you remember the depression? Do you remember that pit in your stomach of disappointment? 
How good is it that there is a way out even when you could not pull yourself out to redeem your life from the pit? Only God. And this story, I think about how it's echoed in the New Testament story of the prodigal son. The boy found himself in the pit with the pigs, in the pen, empty, eating the pods, lonely and hungry and confused. And he was redeemed. He was welcomed back and he was embraced by the waiting arms of the father. There are a lot of benefits here. Too many for a sermon, really. Can you hang with me for just a couple of more? There are three more here. I want you to hear these because I, we actually have a larger point that I'm trying to get to as good as these benefits are. Okay, so bear with me for these three points, three more benefits so that we can get to the larger charge. Number four, he crowns you with love and compassion. Crowns you, the Hebrew word, is his steadfast love. What comes to mind? It's God's unmerited, unrelenting care for his creation and care for his people. And what happens is we have been bestowed with the identity that belongs to God has been given to us. The unlovable are loved and God sets you on stable ground and he draws you close and there is this coronation process and when the king of kings coronates, crowns you, I'm reminded of that crippled woman who was bent over for 18 years and when Jesus straightens her legs and, and he calls her a daughter of Abraham. Daughter, you are crowned. She and you and me, when we say, I don't feel worth it, and I don't feel worthy, and I don't feel lovable, he loves us anyway. To be crowned by a king is to be made royalty. Today, you are sons and daughters of the king. How about that for a benefit? Guys, if you have any insecurity this next week at school any tension in your home with your parents, go back, remember, if you come to Christ, if you come to God, you have been crowned with love and compassion. The next word, text says we've been filled up. In other words, we've been sat he satisfies your desire with good things. Do you see how complete this benefit list is? It covers the past. It covers the present. Just a minute. We're going to cover the future. It covers our security. It covers our significance. It covers our belonging. It covers our identity. It fi God fills us up with good things. Don't forget the bennies. You've been satisfied with good I think about the tree that's planted by a stream of living water in Psalm chapter 1. I think about the thirsty deer panting for the water in Psalm 42. I think about the hungry who get a meal, the lonely who have a friend, the tired who receive rest. Think of Jesus' promises. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, satisfied. What will satisfy and quiet the restlessness of 
your heart. Only the Creator God, through His Son, Jesus Christ. Finally, the sixth one in this little section, He renews us. He renews us so that our youth is renewed, the text says, like the eagles. Renewed like an eagle, a young eagle that is strong and as eagles age, they molt and they shed and then they receive this new sheen and, and we're renewed like the eagle. Our future is covered. We are renewed season after season into God's future. Now, as I dwelled on this section this week, I got to thinking about that I could spend valuable hours meditating over and outlining and illustrating these benefits, and it would be absolutely worth our time. As we consider the Old Testament analog and then bring it into the New Testament high-def digital picture through Jesus. The picture where once again Jesus Christ fulfills and reinforces and reinterprets and completes the story that God has staged for us in the Old Testament. But I want, to hear, I want you to hear this, and here's the larger point. In this series, as we talk about the seven steps of a disciple, my premise is this, and I want you to get this point. It really matters very little what the Bible says. It matters greatly what you have personalized about what the Bible says. Do you understand what I'm trying to say by the distinction? And maybe that first phrase, you would even argue it and you say, well, yes, it matters what the Bible says. I don't like that. I'm not sure about that, Jeff. It matters. It matters for people through all generations, for all time. I get it. But if it's sitting on the shelf, so to speak, or it's in your phone, but you're not using it and seeing it and looking at it, if you're not drawing on it, if it's not the source of these benefits that we're talking about on a day-to-day -day basis, then does it really matter what the Bible says? I submit again, it does not. It matters what we collectively, individually, have personalized about what the Bible says. So let me say this in a different way. Three very, very practical points. The first one is this. Every day, look to the Bible for the benefits God gives. Now, there may be other reasons to go to the Bible because the Bible also confronts us and it challenges us and it disciplines us and sometimes it upturns us and abrades us. But here's the point. Every day, at least for this, go and see what God has promised to give you and live out of that reality. Because it'll counter your negativity. When we fail to appreciate the benefits we are ignorantly blind to how much we need what we've already been given. 
That's the irony here. God has already given it to us, but it slipped our minds. Number two, would you every day lock a benefit in your mind to supercharge your day? I think you'll be a different person. Now, I have to confess, we've had this very, very good thing going here for a couple of months as uh, Betty put us the Bible project out there, and we've got this reading that's going on, and every time I'm with Steve Autry, he's talking about something he read in the book of Genesis. He's retired now. He's got all this time to read, and people are commenting out there, and I would think that some of us who work every day would have excuses. It's a lot to read. It's hard to keep up, except Jason Vincent does it every day, but then we say, well, yes, but most of us are not as disciplined as Jason Vincent, so then oh, I feel a little bit off the hook, off the hook again. But I'll tell you, I want to admit this. I have a hard time reading that much. It's not that I don't love to read. I love to read, but I just don't, I don't absorb things that way by reading a couple of chapters at a time. It's just not my gig. Now, I admit it's hard to get through the Bible if it's not your thing, but I would rather dwell on one thought and let it go deeper into my spirit. And I'm preaching this morning, so I get to make the point. Lock a benefit Lock a benefit in your mind. But maybe by doing the Bible project and reading through those chapters, you would find one thought that you could then lock in your mind today. So it's a good thing to supercharge your day. Put one of these benefits into your mind or your speech every night to nurture you as you fall off to sleep. And finally, number three. John Piper once preached a sermon called God is the Gospel. And I would say it this way. Knowing Christ Jesus himself is the ultimate benefit. I'd like you to think about that this week. So here's the question all of this leads us to. How do you appreciate the unsurpassed benefits of Jesus Christ? And we might have different ways of doing that and going about that. But I want to simply reinforce that the benefit package is out of this world. We pay nothing. Some of you have to pay for your health insurance, or at least go to the doctor, you have to do a little, little co-pay. Seems like that's only going up. We pay nothing for these benefits. The benefits are gifted to you like the Amazon delivery guy at your doorstep. So receive them every day. Open the door. Allie, your baptism Wednesday night, little passage I read to you, says you've been raised with Christ and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. It's a benefit. It's a benefit 
to have this community around you. It's a benefit to be on this journey together. When you get your bennies working for you, you'll find that being a disciple and a disciple maker is so much easier. Easier to walk with God, easier to share your faith freely, and it just makes so much more sense, at least to me, rather than it being a demand or a command or a duty or something that's guilted, as we've so often associated with discipleship, suddenly by recognizing the benefits of our faith and have them working for us, they're just oozing out of our head, they're rolling off our tongue, they're pouring out of our heart, and doors will open both for you in your relationship to other people and for others to get in on the good news of Jesus. That's my prayer.